Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. If you found this podcast valuable and are looking for an easy way to support us, you can help us out by claiming your free audiobook and one-month free trial at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. That's audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. Never before in the history of the show have we had to split an interview up into two episodes, but we're going to break history and set history today. We actually have to break this episode into three episodes as I was trying to export part one. Uh, it was too long to even export, so part one is going to be broken up into two parts, and then the original part two is actually going to be part three. So you're going to love it. Enjoy the interview with Jared Miller. Yeehaw. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Jim Baker from Doing Ministry Well. We are here in Clarksville, and we are joined by Jared Miller from Louisville for part two of his interview. Jared, thanks for being on the show. It's good to be here, sir. Yeah, I said that yeehaw because Jared and I were camping last weekend with some other friends, and we got to be a part of a viral video. I think last check it had three million views. We were just in the same location, right place at the right time, and Jared's yeehaw is now world famous. It's getting there, Jim. It was pretty good yeehaw. I'll give you that. There you go. That was (laughs) maybe the most redneck thing I had ever seen. We'll just describe it to you. Large man in flannel with large beard playing a shotgun slide guitar. It was interesting. And then standing up after playing a very country-sounding slide guitar and then shooting a brake fluid gallon bottle of liquid and then sitting back down and continuing to play. And then the next morning it was on the front page of Reddit and top viral videos of, of YouTube. So that was pretty crazy. We were there, Jim. That's right. We were there. So... Yeah, we're excited. We're going to just jump right into this. If you haven't checked out part one of Jared Miller's interview, do that. It's awesome. And yeah, let's just get into it. Jared, what has been the biggest struggle in ministry for you, and how did you overcome that? I'll tell you what, Jim. I'm going to I'm gonna wing this one. You gave me the questions ahead of time. At part one, I had a, probably a different answer written down. Uh, this morning, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about... Um, well, I'll just tell you, the Lord, I feel like the Lord told me to write down intimacy. Hmm, intimacy. And uh, I thought, well, no, my wife and I get along really well. There you go. Real quick, intimacy in blue crayon. Did he tell you specifically to write your notes in blue crayon? <laughs> no, that was just the uh, the uh, stationery provided by my hosts. Yeah, I apologize that I don't <laughs> have the correct writing utensils in my home. Sorry. Well, at, at my house with six kids, it's uh, this is actually perfectly normal. <laughs> this is how I roll. So anyway, intimacy. So I wrote it down and then started reflecting on it. And I thought, no, it's got to be like leadership transitions in our neighborhood. Or um, really, I think my answer was going to be like faithfulness um, in times both doing well and in hard times, like just st- sticking to the course. But uh, I just wrote down intimacy because I, I really... I think God told me to write that down, and so I, it's going to cause some reflection in me, but some of the first thoughts on that were just um, just really um, intimacy with God, obviously being first. Uh, my wife and I really do well together, um, we really do, but then just probably maintaining, establishing and maintaining intimacy with the uh, people that God has put around us to uh, to work with us, and um, I think that's probably been a bigger struggle than I 
than I realized. So that's something I'm going to be thinking about in the next while. Yeah, that's good. Let's unpack that a little bit. You mentioned three things, intimacy with God, intimacy with your wife, and intimacy with those around you who God has placed in your life. What do those three categories look like? What is the ideal of intimacy with the Lord look like? And yeah, what what does that look like? Unpack it for us. Sure. Um, well, shooting from the hip a little bit on that one, intimacy with with, are, you, are you shooting from the hip with a with guitar a gun? Shotgun slide guitar? No, but I will if you want me to. Okay. I know how to do that. Um, <laughs> so um, intimacy with with God, uh, just from my own life, I'm, I'm thinking probably where I could see not doing that has been in times of getting ahead of Him. Um, I think mentally people talk about getting ahead of the Lord, and I just sometimes find realizing after the fact, it's like, oh, I've been doing a whole lot of stuff and with little direction or sense of connectivity with the Holy Spirit, any type of guidance or insight, and kind of operating on autopilot for maybe just too long, hmm. you know. And and so I think autopilot's a good setting to have at times, but um, I think uh, I have my private pilot's license, and, uh, and small planes, large planes alike, there's two sets of controls up front, and typically you've got um, your pilot and your co-pilot, and you, both of you have your hands on your stick and are present present there and um and i think that's maybe how god wants to fly with us you know it's really with both of us having our hands on the stick together um it's very relational navigation through life and uh, so anyway uh, maintaining that type of operation where god and i are both um for lack of a better metaphor both of us flying the plane at the same time um I think that that's a struggle. That's a struggle for me to uh, to stay in that zone. Um, yeah. You taught last night at the Clarksville Vineyard in our last Red School that we were running there, and I caught something in your teaching last night just about repentance. I don't even know if you called it repentance, but um, it was just a clear view and understanding. You were talking kind of about the first, one of the first real jobs you had and MapQuest. And I just really liked your description of repentance, for lack of a better word. Can you just expound on that? Because I think that really goes along with struggle and then overcoming struggle. Cool. Well, it was, uh, yeah, it was my first real job. It was my only real job. (laughs) Um, uh, I was building sheds and garages all around, um, four different states and we were using MapQuest internet based direction service before there were GPSs. There were probably GPSs just fine. Our company was just too cheap to give us a real <laughs> GPS. So we were printing off these directions. And so, uh, you know, sometimes these things would send us literally to the wrong side of the state. You know, we'd end up in Eastern Kentucky and we're supposed to be in Paducah or something. And it's like, where, how, and we wouldn't realize it till too late, you know, by the time you get too far down the road, it's like, wait a minute, there's no Wilson road at the end of this highway. There's just a gravel road and, you know, things like that. So, um, I, I got to the point where if, if we were following the directions, if we would drive past a driveway and see the address numbers we were looking for, or if we would drive past the, the road sign that says, oh, that's the road we're looking for, I would be so happy that we had found the road that it didn't bother me to, to need to turn around and come back. The new guys would say, oh, oh, man, you passed it, you passed it, dang it. And I'd be like, oh, no, no, man, if we, if we saw it, that's good. That means we're not on the wrong side of the state. And um, I've just carried that with me just um, 
that lesson, and, and it was really just last night that I connected that to, uh, really I was connecting that to a, a learning um, through reflection type of thing as, as we learn to uh, do anything really with the Lord, to just reflect with Him after, um, say, attempting to pray for somebody for healing or attempting to step out in some new way that maybe we haven't tried, is to is to always reflect with the Lord and, and ask Him, say, you know, where have I missed it? You know, where, where could I have done better? That type of that type of learning, but but really that's repentance, and uh, and the scary thing is is if we pass up the road per se, the place where we're supposed to turn or the place where we're supposed to be, if we pass it up and never see it, or or simply if we never do see it, that means we're way off base. But if we if we can recognize the places um, where we miss it, uh, then that gives us the chance to turn around, go back, and and make the turn and. Uh, and that's just that gets us where we're wanting to be, you know. And that's that's good. That's the good news of repentance to me is that when God shows us stuff um, that we've missed, that just means that He's got a He's got us on a path. He's taken us somewhere. It's so good, so good. It, yeah, that's just a great illustration. And to know that sometimes we haven't missed it that far, and we can never turn around. You know, I think a lot mm-hmm. of times that's you mentioned it last night that that's what shame tells you mm-hmm. is that you can never turn around, but maybe it's that simple as just getting back on the right path. Mm-hmm. So that's a good illustration. Jared, tell us a little bit about, uh, intimacy with your spouse. You mentioned that that was kind of the second thing. Yeah. Um, Brianne, my wife, uh, she and I have been blessed with a lot, a lot of good foundations. Uh, we both have awesome parents that, um, that raised us well, really did a great job. We've had good mentors along the way I, I just can't I can't describe like it's really it I don't know if humbling is the right word but it's just marvelous to me I I don't know why we got it so good really I mean we've just been blessed man with uh with a lot and uh, and I know that comes with a lot of responsibility you know Jesus said to whom much is given much is required but uh, really, maybe I just I'm starting with gratitude for that, and that when Brianna and I got married at 20, um, it was you know really we've just had a, an awesome marriage, um, but we've grown um, we've grown from the platform that was given to us, the foundations that have been given to us, to really you know just because things go well for you doesn't mean things are going to turn out well when you get put in charge, and mm. and so. Um, under our charge, we've we've really uh, we just set out to have the best marriage in the world, you know. And I tell other people that are getting married or, or that are already married that, you know, you just need to set in your mind and decide that your marriage is the best dang marriage on the planet, and nobody's marriage compares to yours. And just really, really enjoy it, and um, and that's what we do, you know. And there, but there's an art to that, and intimacy is certainly at the core, and that's. Um, sharing yourself with others and letting other people in and I've I, I've certainly struggled with that more than Brianne has on the on the end of letting someone in you know and, and really at a very deep level having um, walls around my heart and I remember one night Brianne and I were talking and, and we both got a vision of these these walls these like kind of rock walls that I had built up around the the deepest places of my heart and I didn't even I didn't even know what that was or I was like oh this is weird I don't even know what to do about this but I realized I hadn't been letting Brianne or anybody else in to the deepest places of my heart and um, 
so yeah just the um you know all all the things that that we would probably all think just the trust the communication learning how to perceive each other well um you know that's just it's just a i'll I'll describe it as an art you know and and it um gets better as we as we practice as we as we put away our our fear of failure you know the number one inhibitor to good art is fear of failure and uh and same with intimacy and um so yeah we just keep keep practicing and i think it just keeps getting better and better that's good so good and you mentioned the third thing was just intimacy with others the people that god has placed in your life Um, how has that been a struggle and how do you feel like you've overcome that well if people would just communicate and do life the way i want them to do it we would all get along just fine (laughs) amen so really on the third one it's everybody else's fault (laughs) and i'm i'm perfect in that area jim (laughs) as we all are everyone listening that's right um Man, actually, that's the worst one. That's the one I fail out the most. So with God, it's a lifestyle of communion. With my wife, it's never going to bed angry. You know, it's like this everyday practice of intimacy. And those two generally have been sweet. But um, I'd say with others, man, it's like, I don't know. it's, It's something about like being able to, where do you separate business from pleasure, you know, type things like, um, what's more important to have a plan with the people that God puts around you or to, or to just enjoy the, the fact of the relationship, you know, and just kind of really be at peace. And that's just been a real struggle for me to find a, a sweet balance. I, I can get, I can be too, really too serious a lot of times with my, with my friends, with people, um, that are around me. I, like, I'm always trying to fix something, you know, and just like, you know, just stressing out interior in my interior too much um, behind my eyes. I'm just like uh, too uptight or something, and so I need to. And so that's that's been an inhibitor for me, and just um, establishing really good relationships. Now, in that, uh, along with that, I realize that God has again just really blessed me with awesome folks. I have. I have some awesome lifelong friends that God has put in that have um, somehow we've we've met each other um, outside of our heart walls, you know. And we so I have had really and do have really good close connections, but I realize too that I've missed it, you know, along the way where people well, where God brought um, the right people at the right time to either fill in gaps that I have or these people needed things from me. And I, I just see too many stories in my life where the uh, where the relationship did not survive or grow to its fullest potential, and somehow that's that's directly linked to um, to us realizing the the visions and the the hopes that we have. You know, the, I think all the visions and the hopes that we have, whether that's in some sort of ministry like a in our setting a community development revitalization you know seeing a neighborhood transformed um, our hopes and our dreams for that the life that we're living in are the the destiny of those is directly linked to to the relationships that are around us because it's it's God working through us and with the people around us so I've just seen where we've come up short we've fallen short and haven't experienced the uh 
the full glory, the full potential that I that I just know deep in my heart is is real and it's there. And I'm, that's really it. Truly, has been a struggle for us individually and also as a general theme for our neighborhood is uh, is maintaining good relationships to their full potential. Hmm. That's good. I feel like what really jumped out at me in that is that as ministers of the gospel, people that are in full-time ministry or whatever, relationships are hard because it's almost like that's kind of what we do for a living as well. So you kind of mentioned separating work from pleasure, you know? And so a tool that I've found that my buddy, uh, Pastor Dave Heiliger at Bridgeway Church in Columbia uh, gave to me was just a, a, a mentor, friends, and mentees, people that you're mentoring and just unfortunately putting people into clear categories mentors are people that are just pouring into you they're just concerned about you i mean you could ask them about themselves but that relationship is really them pouring into you and then friends defining friends as this is really give and take this is really reciprocal um and then mentor mentees people that you're mentoring are people that you're just pouring into that's the direction of the relationship and i think in ministry a lot of time we call our friends you know, uh, friends, but really they're people that we're, we're mentoring. And so just having a good balance of that has been something that I've tried to be conscious of and make sure that I have all of those things in my life. Because if you get too heavy in one area, you know, things get out of balance. Definitely. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to Doing Ministry Well. Jim Baker, your host, and uh, Jared Miller. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And Jared's going to share with us three tips on doing ministry well. If you haven't checked out the new doingministrywell.com website, check it out. We chose Swissco to do our overhaul and are so happy with the results. Swissco makes ministry websites beautiful and hassle-free. Schedule a free consultation today at swissco.us. Hi, this is Brian Ensminger. If you enjoyed doing ministry well, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out the Engaging Missions show, where we deliver God's stories to your earbuds. You can find us at engagingmissions.com. All right, and we're back with Doing Ministry Well. I'm Jim Baker, your host, and we are joined today by Jared Miller from Louisville. This is part two of his interview. If you haven't checked out part one, please do that. Part one is also awesome. So Jared is going to share with us right now three tips on doing ministry well. Jared, what's that first tip to doing ministry well? First thing I've got is to do alone well. Do alone well. That's good. What's number two? Number two is to be ready for divine opportunities. Nice, nice. And number three? Have fun. Have fun. Ooh, that sounds fun. All right, let's <laughs> unpack that. Number one, say it again and just tell us what that means. To do alone well. And uh, I had a, fr- a good friend uh, that's similar to Jim Baker in some ways in that he's just really good at questions. He's really good at knowing folks. And he, he asked me a few months back, his name's Mike Clark. He said, uh, Jared, what's something you wish you would have learned earlier in life? Hmm. And I realized that, uh, and so I told him, I said, I wish I would have learned how to do alone time well, way sooner. And the, the way, the setting that I grew up in was, I was always around people. I, I grew up into an adolescent uh, people pleaser, social butterfly, had more friends than I, whatever, you know, just like running through the crowds. And I never really until now, I'm, I'm just turned 30 this year and, uh, had never learned to do alone time, um, solitude until really in the past year and a half when I was going through a really just 
tough time of transition and things. Nothing bad necessarily happening, but just things changing in my life. And it was hard for me emotionally. And, and Brianne, my wife, said, <laughs> we were sitting on the couch and she said, I think you need to go be by yourself. <laughs> And she wasn't being mean or any, you know, kicking me out of the house, but she just saw it. She just, Jared, you need to go be by yourself. And I'll be honest, when, when she said that, it freaked me out. I was like, what, what do you, what do you mean? Oh. And she said, just go be alone and away from everybody. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, it's like, it's sort of short-circuited something in my brain I didn't know how to do it is a real handicap for me hmm. but now that I've leaned into it so I've started taking um, four hours on Friday mornings to be disconnected uh, the goal is to be outside to have no electricity no electrical devices on uh, just me and God uh, outside of the our urban context you know get outdoors somewhere and um and that's just been amazing. It's been amazing. I'll tell you what, the first few weeks I tried to do alone time on Fridays, it was like the worst day of my life. <laughs> I, I like went to some parking lot in the town somewhere and sat in my truck like, I don't know, why am I at the grocery store? Like I, like I had all these patterns built into my life that were, that were, I don't know, I had no good alone patterns. I didn't know how to go be alone and be disconnected. And so that solid... Um, Growing that solitude, that practice of solitude in my life, it, I realized was a is a major portion of of doing life well, and so it's just been a just been revolutionary for my my life to have that regular chunk of time blocked out where it's like this is my alone time. Hmm. I love that you have a discipline of that, and it's something that you've scheduled because you see value in it. Um, I'm an introvert, so I love my alone time. But what do you feel like you get from your alone time that can't be gotten in a group setting? It's the the uh, it's the place where we really grow our intimacy with God. Hmm. Number one, that's a that's an easy one spot if we if we tune into Him, you know, and we really listen well and share our hearts well with Him. That's that's absolutely necessary. Um, but I had I'd found ways to do that fairly well before practicing alone time. I had found found ways to um, to maintain a, a good relationship with God through the years. So really, it's a um, even beyond just sowing into the intimacy with God. Really, even even in a way, taking God out of the picture for a moment, even though He's always there. It's really just a a, a refresh time for myself at a deep level just a real reset um a wash it really feels like a washing time you know and um so man i don't know how i how i survived without you know i probably just got that in accidental doses through the years um but really leaning into that that scheduled time has been a it's a it's a time i look forward to now all week I'm like everything's going to be okay because Friday morning I'm going to go be by myself and be alone and um, and it's just man it's just fun and also just the adventure you know find finding um, it's carved out a, a, a time in my schedule for adventure it's like ooh, what am I going to go do today so I'll drive somewhere and, and hike you know ideally not every week but the ideal scenario is to be outside you know walk walking through the woods or sitting on a on a grassy field somewhere where I'm not going to see anybody for a few hours, you know, and those are, man, it's just, it's good to connect back to nature. That's Mm. a major benefit. 
that sounds delightful delightful i also love that you mentioned disconnecting from electronics because we can be alone you know in the physical but there can be a million people blowing up our pocket you know with facebook notifications oh, and yeah. text messages and all that so yeah i really want to build in a stricter discipline of a no media day or something like that so yeah, i i informed my friends uh especially early on i told them hey it's on come Friday, I'm not gonna have my phone on until twelve o'clock. Brienne was totally cool with it. Um, she, she's the one that suggested the whole thing. But I've even found that there's a difference between leaving my phone in my truck and turning it off in my truck. Hmm. Like, oh man, there's something about like turning your phone <laughs> off. Like, Freedom. what what freaks us out so bad that when our friends call, that it's gonna go straight to voicemail? Like, there's something in our brain that just says. No, you can't do that. You can't turn your phone off, or at least in my brain. I don't know. But, man, just turning it off and forgetting where it is for a while, it's like, oh, this is awesome. That is good. All right, tip number two. Remind us of what it is, and let's unpack that a little bit. Be ready for divine opportunities. All right. Um, yeah, being ready uh, really stems from, it stems from that alone time, Uh which relates to me to peace, you know, just being in a restful, uh, peaceful state. The scripture says, let your feet be shod or have shoes of readiness that come from the gospel of peace. And I was always taught or imagined that it said, let your feet have shoes of peace. But really, uh, as far as I can read it, it says shoes of readiness. And so there's a, there's a readiness that comes from, um, from peace and that peace is a deep presence of, of justice in our life. It's a deep alignment with God. Um, it's a deep rest. And, and I've found that when, when I'm really at peace, spirit, soul, and body, that I'm ultimately just poised. It's a, it's a poise of peace that makes me ready for whatever God is doing. And it's, it's, it's really opposed to this endless working this striving this unnecessary working that we do like trying to produce it's different than trying to produce all the things that we feel like god wants in our life it's it's just accepting and just i call it being in the flow you know really just being in the flow with god and watching him lead us he leads us to those to those divine opportunities these phenomenal uh circumstances where the things that we've asked for, the things that he's shown us to hope for, are just, uh, they develop right in front of us, and we're part of that creative process. Um, there are a lot of big words or fancy statements in all that sentence, so I hope it made sense, but it's, a, it's just a readiness for whatever God is bringing our way. Yeah, that's really good, and I also think that your tip one and tip two go right hand in hand, because if you're, you know, kind of cleared out from some alone time, and you don't have a million voices you know and just busyness then i feel like you're able to hear from the lord a little better for those divine appointments and just mm -hmm. operating from that place of peace that is awesome so number three what was that again number three have fun have fun what's that look like man that's uh that's just uh chill out and and do something that sounds fun now the thing is is um i mentioned earlier in the intimacy thing about like where's the line between the business and pleasure and you know, just I, I just don't see a lot of lines truly in Jesus's life, except for around his alone time. Um, but really, there's such a blended, integrated life where Jesus just flowed so well. 
And uh, I get the sense reading scriptures that everything Jesus was doing, or 80% of the, his life that he's walking through, he's, he's really enjoying. Huh. You know, it's, it's beyond just doing something for, uh, for pleasure. It's, it's a enjoying deeply the things that we do. And man, just chilling out. And, and when we're deciding what it is that we're going to do, like choose things that are fun. Huh. Like, man, maybe I've filled up my to-do list. Maybe I've filled up my goals for the year with all these things that seem reasonable or, you know, seem like the right things to do, or there's some sort of like religious spiritual motivation that like, oh, well, this is probably what I should do this year. And like taking the should out of life and, and putting more desire into it because uh, a desire fulfilled is the tree of life, Proverbs says. And so when we, when we tune into the things that we actually want to do, um, when they're, when they've um, come from a place of communion with God, with our, the people like our families and with the people God's put around us, when the desires we have are, are stemming out of these good relationships, then man, it's like, it's all freedom zone from there. Like go, go have fun, you know? That's awesome. And I have enjoyed having fun with you recently on our camping trip and such. So yeah, go shoot a shotgun slide guitar. There you go. That's, that's, (laughs) that'll bring people to Jesus. (laughs) Um, yeah, those are good. I think the last question is what's been inspiring you lately? Are there any books or resources that have just been serving as a place of inspiration for you? You know, I had to struggle with this one. I'm like, wait a minute, this is where Jim gets a little commercial on the show. And I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of joking on that. But I realized as I was thinking about resources, I'm like, oh, um, maybe that's why I haven't been ultimately encouraged the past couple of months. Maybe I need to get a good resource. I really had to think hard hmm. on this one. Um, maybe it's something about having six kids around. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. But the, the one thing, the one that came to mind just recently and really past couple of years, there's been distinct times where a guy named Leif Hetland has, uh, has really encouraged me. Uh, some out of uh, some of the kind of dark transition times that I was in uh, a year, over the past year and a half or so. Um, Leif had a message about uh, David and his time in the caves of Adullam, a really dark time in King David's life, and what did David do. And, and Leif, uh, he runs an organization called Global Mission Awareness, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the name of his organization. It's based down in Georgia, and, uh, and he has just been a, a voice to me that has, has really encouraged me at, at key times in the past couple of years. So, you know, he's got some He's got some good stuff, um, some good messages, and some uh, I think a couple books out there. But really, where where it's encouraged me the most is just uh, it's just been a voice that I feel like God brought to me to give me the right word at the right moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, this has been an excellent part two interview our first part two here at doing ministry well i think there's some waffles waiting for us let's go get some waffles that my wife and your daughter made so i'm excited to eat those but glory to god yeah let's uh why don't you just pray for our listeners real quick and we'll wrap this up god i pray you would bless these folks listening that you would um encourage them in in righteousness and in peace and in joy god i pray that that all of our joy levels would go up that Mm. we would go forth in joy we would go out in joy and um and God, really just uh, help us on our path of, of learning the art of intimacy, learning to be intimate with you and with others. And mm, God, we're just very grateful. Thank you for everything you've given us. And God, help give us wisdom to, to manage it well and to multiply it well and just to be good stewards, God, of, of all the good that you've given to us.
Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, bless you. Amen. Amen. Jared, thanks so much for being on the show. Yes, sir. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on who we should interview next, contact us at doingministrywell.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at jimjessbaker.com. That's jim, Jess as in Jessica, baker.com.